Welcome to another episode of Behind the Dreamers. I'm Jennifer Loading, and we are talking to the achievers, the creators, the magic makers, and the dreamers. These are our friends. These are your friends, and they are living the extraordinary. Well, I'm so excited about my guest today, not because of what happened to her, but because of what happened in the aftermath of this. And so she faced a near-death experience in 2018 during a severe motor vehicle accident. Despite expert predictions that she wouldn't survive, she defied the odds and embraced life fully. Fast forward to June 1st of 2023, when she achieved an extraordinary feat by summiting Mount Logan, becoming the first woman in history to conquer the seven second summits. So I am so excited to get her on here today. She's doing incredible things. I think you guys are going to be in for a treat. But before we welcome her officially, I do want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor. So today's episode is brought to you by Walt Mills Photography. If you are a creator needing post-production, consultation, or promotion, Walt is your guy. Whether short films, YouTube films, photography work, or a new headshot, Walt can help you find a solution to match your needs. To learn more about him and his work, you're going to want to go to photosbywalt.com. All right, so this is going to be fun. Jen Drummond, she's a multifaceted Entrepreneur, serving as a motivational keynote speaker, world record holder, author, and podcast host. Additionally, she is the visionary founder and CEO of a thriving financial services company and the devoted mother of seven children. Jen dedicates her time to inspire others to lead lives filled with significance. Her book, Seven Strategies to Cultivate Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals, not only chronicles her remarkable journey, but also imparts some valuable strategies for success. So Jen, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be so much fun. And I just love your energy. So I know we're going to be in for a treat today for real. Yay. It's always good. Okay, so I want to start this out because you, it's like you have so many things going on, like the fact that you're this mompreneur with seven children. We talked about under the age of 16. You've done this incredible feat. You've got this great business. And so I want you just to tell us a little bit about what is going on in your world right now, what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it feels like a lot when you say it all in one sentence. I know. <laughs> I swear to God, it doesn't feel that much when I'm doing the day to day. So I am a mom of seven. Um, I, I guess we can start at the beginning, right? I went to college. I took a job in finance. I went and broke out on my own, starting my own firm. Eventually, I hired myself out of a job to become that stay-at-home mom that I thought was going to be the dream position. Um I don't know if I'm made for it. I love my children, but that stay-at-home mom thing was definitely leaving a lot of me on the table that wasn't getting to be experienced. But I sold myself on the idea that when they got to college, I would get back to me. Like right now, this is just the season I'm in. Um, lucky for me, I got into a horrific car crash that should have taken my life and didn't. What it did do is it made me realize I don't get to choose when I die but I do get to choose how I live. And so I was like, I am choosing to live. We are reevaluating the strategy here. I talked to my kids and I said, hey, mom's going to start doing mom things. And if it gets awkward or uncomfortable, you let me know. But until you say something, like I'm going to start doing this and mom and motherhood. Um, and so I stepped into a whole bunch of things that I was interested in. 2019 was a big year of making a bucket list. I think it's going to take me four lifetimes to do all the things, but that's okay. And on that list was climb a mountain. And then 2020, I was turning 40. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to climb a mountain for my 40th birthday and launch this next decade with this climb. 
And so I asked some friends that were mountaineers, like, if you could climb one mountain in the whole world, what mountain would it be? And they said, Ama de Blom. I've never heard of it. Like it's in the Himalayas. It means the mother's necklace. It's the Paramount Pictures logo. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a pretty mountain. I'll go climb that mountain. That makes sense. So I was training for Ama de Blom and COVID happened. So all of a sudden I'm not going anywhere. And add to that, I'm a homeschool teacher to seven children because they shut down schools and parents were supposed to pick up the slack. So I'm giving my son the proverbial pep talk, like, we do hard things, you've got this. And he looks at me and he goes, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a real mountain like Mount Everest? Ama de Blom, honey, not I'm a dumb blonde. You finish your homework, we'll look at Everest. And so he did and we did. And he went to bed and I was still looking at Everest. And I thought, you know, why not Everest? If it's the biggest, hardest, craziest mountain in the whole world to him, I'm going to climb it and show him that whatever our Everest is, we're capable of doing. So I hired a coach. The coach sent me a book about becoming an uphill athlete. And in the front of it, there was this foreword about a lady who received a Guinness World Record for doing something in the Alps. And I just remember calling him saying like, I could have done that. Like I can suffer. And my kids learned how to read on Guinness World Record books. I would be a cool mom. Right now, homeschooling, not a cool mom. Like this is not working out for us. And my coach kind of joked. He's like, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. And then he called back and he's like, hey, Jen, I think you should become the first female to climb the seven second summits. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. What are you talking about? He's like, well, let me tell you. He goes, the seven second summits are the second highest point on each of the seven continents. They're actually harder than the first seven. It's only been completed by one male. And he goes, let's think about it. Seven continents, seven mountains, seven children. It sounds like a jackpot. And I'm like, it kind of does. And so I looked at it. The kids and I found where all the mountains were. I said, let's try it. It's never been done before. So whatever happens, happens. And that's how the pursuit started. Wow. I'm listening to this. I'm like, I, I don't know. You're a podcast host as well. So you probably get like this sometimes when somebody's telling you a story and you have those moments where you get kind of the chills thinking about it, you know? So I'm listening to you talk and like the whole time I'm like, oh, I'm getting the chills. And then I stop and I'm getting the chills again listening to you. Have you always been kind of that? I, I mean, I feel like you have to be competitive. Have you always been that competitive person that felt like somebody gives me a challenge, like I'm on it? Yeah. I mean, I definitely love challenges. That's where I thrive. In fact, I build challenges for myself so that I can thrive. Um, but there's a difference before the accident and after the accident and how I approached challenges. So I would say before the accident, I was successful because I was so afraid of not being. Mm. I was trying to out hustle and outrun and outdo fear. It's good. And then once I had the accident, I'm like, what am I afraid of? Like the only thing I need to be afraid of is not being able to get all the things in during this lifetime that I want to do. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, everything that I was like challenged about or looking at was more of, I want to have that experience. I don't even care if I win. I just want to know what it feels like or what it looks like or how it like smells or how it tastes. I remember getting a phone call a few weeks after the accident from the principal's office and the principal called me and he said, my son was, you know, not behaving in school. And 
he went to hang up and he's like, before I hang up, he goes, I just want to let you know, like, are you okay? Because you don't sound disappointed. You actually sound kind of excited that I called and I'm just like a little confused. And I said, you want to know what? I am so excited you called. Not for the reason that you called, right? Like, I'm sorry my son was being a turd in the classroom. Like, I'll talk to him about it. But I almost wasn't here to have this experience. Like, I almost mm. never was here to have this call. And so all of a sudden, like, right and wrong really became obsolete. And it was just more like, what do we get to experience? What do we get to have? What are these relationships we build? What are these places we go see? What are the communities and how do they just it flipped everything? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in listening to you talk about this, like, I don't even want to get into my story, but there's parts of that. I can hear that. Like I can feel that because I was in a pretty bad car accident, nothing like what yours had. But at the time that this had happened, I had gotten right before this, it, or around, actually not before, because the car accident happened before this. But during this time, I was going through a medical thing that sort of like I went into the dentist one day, I come out five months later, I'm diagnosed with a rare nerve condition in my face. And I spent four years dealing with that. And I talk about it in my book. But here, I, I, to, to kind of fast forward through all that, it was like four years of hell in my life. Like it's a call to suicide disease. It's extremely painful. And at that time, my kids were 16, 12 and eight. So I and I was that mother that was running a business. I was the PTA mom, the homeroom mom, the field trip mom, doing all the things and running a business. And I miraculously, because I made a decision to change the course of that direction, like I knew I couldn't stay on medica medication for the rest of my life. I wasn't going to do it. I knew that I couldn't continue living the way I was living. I made a decision to work on figuring out how to reverse that. And I did. Wow. But this is where you and I, this is where I can feel what you're talking about. Because when I came out on the other side of that, I sort of say, I tell people I had this new lease on life. Like I looked at things very, very differently. And so instead of looking at things and going like, what's the bad that can happen here and trying to run from things, it was more of like, I have an opportunity to do something. I'm a little bit scared, but if I really want to do this, then I need to do it because our time here is short and we should be making those decisions that we want to do and living a little less fearful, right? And so mm -hmm. when I hear you say that, that's the part I can like, I never like to say I know how somebody feels, but I can feel that energy yeah, right, coming right. across. You, get, you can feel it in your own. And every time I talk to people that have had those kinds of experience, like I met a guy the other day. I didn't meet him. I know him. He's coming on my show and he has terminal cancer. Fit guy, runner, plays tennis. Like he has this rare form of lung cancer or never has smoked, never done anything. But I talked to him the other day and he said, you know, I've gone through the whole, oh crap, this is the end. And he's like, I'm living my life now and I'm having the happiest year of my life because I'm doing things that I want to do and I'm not saying no to things. I'm just living. And I'm like listening to this and I'm like, wow, like I so can, I can get what he's saying because when you come on that other side, you just, it's like, you've got something different. Yeah. You know, it's tragic. That, it's tragic that you have to go through that. But on the other side of that, you look and go, it's a blessing because in some ways it showed me a different way to view life. Oh, a thousand percent. It was the line in the sand. And I can joke about mine because of how it ended up, but I got a new lease on life. I got a new car. And the only damage I had was from the seatbelt. It ruptured my breast implants. So I got new boobs. I'm like, what more does a girl my age desire? I mean, life is good. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. Well, I am, I am totally impressed. And, and what I really would love to know from you is like, cause I think this is a good thing because I've talked to a lot of athletes and I always love talking to athletes because I think there's so many parallels in how we view athleticism and the things that we do 
and how we transfer that over into our businesses as entrepreneurs, right? There's so Mm -hmm. much to that. So I would really love to know from your perspective, like how you tackle these challenges, like how you go into this mindset, what that looks like for you. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating when you take on these big quests, because I would say most of the people that don't summit, it's mindset, not, not athleticism. Um, they get tripped up in their head. And so everybody always asks, like, what'd you do to do your mindset? Like I have seven children. Are you kidding me? It's so, my mindset is ironclad at this point. I couldn't have had better training than the humans that I brought into this world. So we're pretty good there. Um, I would say there's been so much that I've learned from the mountains that I apply to my everyday life. That's why I wrote the book Breakproof, right? And the reason why I picked that title was because I think you either take a break and you're being proactive or something breaks in your life and then you're in that mess of that break and you have to decide like, how do I put these pieces back together? And is this even the thing that I want to climb? Is this the yeah. mountain I want to put my flag on? Or do is this break showing me another way and I can go a different direction? Um, so I, I take people on the expeditions and let them kind of feel the experience that I had. And then I hone in on the different lessons and then hope they can figure out how to apply them to their own lives. But one of the examples that sticks out to me is when I went to go climb Everest, which isn't even one of the seven second summits. I climbed Everest because of the bet from my son and I used it as training ground for K2. Well, my story was, I can't go climb Everest. I have seven kids at home. I've never been away from home for more than six days. I'm going to be gone for three weeks. Like this is going to be a nightmare. Like I need to wait and da, 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 da. And then I said, well, I'm climbing Everest. So now instead of believing all these things that are working against me, I need to start finding the flip of that story and figure out what's working for me. So I set up care at home and had my mom come in and all this other kind of stuff. And I actually ended up going to the kids' school. And I told the teachers, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be gone for three weeks climbing Everest. I have stuff set up at home, but with me gone, and this is the first time for this long, I think my kids are going to be off. And I'm just asking that you give them a little bit more grace during this time frame and understand what's going on at home. And my teacher came back to me and she goes, Jen, why don't you come in and do a what's your Everest campaign for the school and teach kids about goal setting? And so I went in there, we colored little hikers, we had flags that said like what your Everest was, we decorated the hallways and the front of the school, we built a big Mount Everest mountain. I was a little hiker and I had a tracking device on me. So the school could move me up and down the mountain depending on where I was. And then nowadays with technology, I could call from base camp into the school and answer questions in the classroom of like where I went poop and what I ate, right? Like things that kids care about. And so when I went to go summit Everest and I got to the top, it was my whole community summiting Everest. It wasn't just me. And I came home and what a magical experience for my children to have, not just me, right? Like look how the community stepped up and let them know like, hey, your mom's doing something pretty cool. We're here for you. We see you. We're going to celebrate where she is and what she's doing because we all need big teams to climb big mountains. Love it. Right. And so instead of looking at this problem, I found a solution. My community even made the solution better than what I thought was possible. And everybody benefited. And anybody who's listening here, 
we're all climbing mountains metaphorically. Right. And the more that you, the bigger the mountain you're climbing, the bigger the team that you need to make that happen. And that's what gives you the resilience to be able to keep going when it gets hard. And so I just encourage you to stop, take a break and say, hey, if I'm running into a hard time right now, who else can I include on this journey to make it easier for all of us? Yeah, it's good. It, it, what, and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, you know, like just having that, it's, it's almost like having that accountability partner, right? You now, you bring people in. So now you don't want to let people down, right? Like you don't want to let the kids down. You don't want to let the community down. They're looking at you to do this. I, wow. I mean, to me, this is so incredible. I mean, how fun it would be even for these kids to see this going on in their school and then, hey, we're tracking your mom and talking about this. And so, and, and these are not like, you know, when you think about this kind of stuff that, that you're doing, this is not just like, hey, I got this business challenge I'm doing. And these are big things to them, you know? And so mm -hmm. I, I just, yeah, it's just such a, it's such a great story. So now you're doing speaking, you go around and do some speaking and tell yep. us a little bit about that. Is it to my business leaders or is it all kinds yeah, of, you know, it's like everybody, right? Like I yeah. thought there'd be a genre that unfolded, but it's really been just everything. Um, I have taught to athletic departments because I used to be a collegiate athlete and that's been fun. I've talked to businesses. I've talked to associations, YPO organizations, um, schools, all of it. Yeah. And I just love the energy exchange, right? Because when you, I'm a normal human, I'm just like you. And so then you get to talk with these people and you start seeing those aha moments happen in them and those excuses getting unarmed and being able to move forward into something that they might've not done before. It's magic. Yeah. Well, and, and I want to back up even to what you were talking about a few minutes ago when you said that the people that didn't summit, it was all mindset. You know, and it's so funny because I, it, I was thinking about so I told you my husband's an endurance athlete and I was a runner. I still run. I don't run like I used to, but it's so funny because we would go out and we'd run these races almost every single weekend. We would go and do like a half marathon on Saturday, turn around and do another one on Sunday or run a 5k. My husband did somewhere. He ran three marathons, like did a Friday, Saturday and Sunday and actually four. It was like from Friday to Monday over a weekend holiday and did a marathon every single week day during that time. But the funny thing was, is we would go out there and on a day we had to do like this crazy trail run or something. And we would be like, okay, we got this. And then we get up the next day to go run the 5k and your mind would be like, I can't do the 5k today, you know? And so, you know, your body is perfectly trained to do it. You, it's the same thing in business. You'll have the skills to do something, but you start doubting your ability to do it. Right. And I think that's where, like you're saying, it comes in having that team support or having those people, somebody that you can, whether it's one or two or a big thing, like, you know, big team, like you had, where you can tr come back and have some accountability to help you go and continue to climb those mountains or whatever those challenges are that you're trying to be, to overcome. Oh, definitely. And I think it's also understanding um, yourself at the big picture level. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't summit all the mountains the first time I tried. Sure. Right. Two of them, I failed the first time and had to go back the second time. And I remember, and I talk about this a little bit in the book about waving your flag. It's really easy to wave our flag at the top of a mountain. We right. overcame, here we are, we're at the top, celebrate, rah, rah, rah. But the key is to learn how to wave our flag on our entire journey. Because when we do, then the universe knows what we're trying to achieve, what we need, and how we can help. And so I went to climb K2 in 2021. K2 is a monster mountain. Like National Geographic calls it a mountain that tries to kill you. I agree. Feels like I'm playing Frogger going up that thing. Um, but when I was on it in 2021, 
a teammate below me on the mountain got caught in an avalanche. One got hurt and one passed away. And so we got the radio call and we had a choice. Do we want to continue going up the mountain? Do I want to join another team? Do I want to come back down? And I remember being presented the options. And I'm like, how are some of these things even options? I'm going back down to take care of my team. Like, that's what I'm here for. So I flew back to the United States and my kids came home from camp a couple of days later. And of course, they're like, mom, mom, did you summit? I said, no, I didn't, but I had success. And they looked at me confused. They're like, what do you mean? I go, hey, when you do life, you're going to have opportunities to summit the mountain all the time. But I'm telling you, who you show up as a person is going to be way more important than anything that you achieve. And you need to make sure that you're always putting people over peaks. And I had this example happen so that I had this teaching moment to share with you. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, sounds good. Well, the crazy thing is, is that I'm training to go back to K2. And of course, I'm devastated on a handful of levels. And now I know I'm going to get into and all the money and all the time and all the things. But so I go back. Um, it's about three weeks before it's time to leave for K2 in 2022. And I get a phone call. And the phone call is, hey, Jen, there's a Pakistani that's trying to climb their country's prized peak, and they don't have the resources to make it happen. And it would be life-changing. Do you think you can help? Like 100%, I can help. So I flew back. I summited K2 in 2022. And 30 minutes later, the person that I sponsored got to the top of their country's prized peak. And I came home and I told my kids, I go, you know, sometimes we have obstacles and setbacks that make us want to quit. But I'm going to challenge you to think that maybe you're still on the climb and the universe just has a bigger thing in store for you and ways that you can participate and help others. Yeah. And that's what happened to me in this story. And I shared that story because having stories like these on speed dial in our own lives is when we get into these hard parts or when these things happen, it gives us a moment to say, oh, wait, I have had success here before and this is what it looked like. This just must be that in a different realm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I like it. Good stuff, it Jen. Is. I love it. Yeah. Love it. So let's talk a little bit real quick about your book, your podcast, because you've got that going on. I did get to listen to some of your podcasts, like what you're doing over there. So share a little bit with us because some of our audience may want to get the book. They may want to plug into the podcast and yeah. follow yeah, you yeah, and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. So buy the book, please. It's in pre-sale right now. It's called Breakproof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals. Um, and pre-order, you'll get a bunch of freebies on some resilience habits that I use that have led to my success. And I just think of who I was before the accident and all the amazing things that have happened in the last five years. And if I can help anybody else out there to become breakproof in their pursuit, I can't imagine the ripple effects that benefit all of us. So that's what I'm hoping happens. I have a podcast, Seek Your Summit. Um, I absolutely love podcasting. Don't you love it? Yeah, it's fun. I do. I, I love do. meeting I the love people. The people, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't even care if no one listens. Like these people that I meet are fantastic <laughs> humans that I would have never met otherwise. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I love the people. I really focus on um, moving from success to significance. Because I think all of us have success at some point, And then we're always going to be chasing the mountain. Right. But when you can find significance in your journey, then it makes those summits that much more sweet. So I share stories from people who are doing both success and significance. And 
Yeah, I run challenges because that's what helps me be a better human. So I have one coming up soon. That's the parenting challenge. It's a 40-day challenge that I ran for myself before I left on expedition. And it was just 40 days of connecting with my kids, different creative ways that allowed me to check the box that day instead of always coming up with ideas. And my kids loved it so much. And I'm done with mountains. They're like, wait, are we done doing our connection challenge? I'm like, no, we'll still do it. So this time I opened it up to share with others. And then um, I also run an Everest challenge. So I had friends that went back to Everest because they didn't summit the year that I did. And I'm like, I wanted to go back so bad. So I built a challenge where you can climb Everest from the comfort of your home. And I run that one about every 40 days just because it's so fun to do with people. That's so great, Jen. I love what you're doing. I think it's so, I, there's so many lessons in this. I mean, we could, we could talk forever on it because I think yeah. there's so much here that so many takeaways and just, um, we've talked about building, you know, having a support system. And I think one of the things that I really like that you keep kind of emphasizing over and over is, is what I'm gathering is just embracing this journey, you know, learning to, to relish in the moment of each thing that you go through so that you don't get hung up on the end. And, and I feel like that's a lot about what I talk about too. And I try to find people when they come on the podcast that we're kind of doing the same thing. Cause I know you probably are like me. You probably get a lot of people that want to be on your show and not everybody, we know not everybody's a fit. And right. so I have to find myself going through a lot of the people and really looking at where they're coming from, what their messaging is, what they're trying to put out there into the world. And, you know, you're right. There are so many times we don't, meet our goals. We, there are times we meet them and there are times that we don't. And I think when you don't learn to embrace the journey, when you have those moments where you don't reach the intended goal, we can fall and lose sight of what we're trying to do here. And then we get beaten down and it's hard for people to get back up. And so I think when you can go back and figure out what am I learning in the process of this as I'm going, then when you get to the end, that's the icing on the cake right? Like that's the big moment, but that wasn't the only moment. And I think, you know, this is no different when you think about having a child. I even think childbirth is like this, you know, like you spend nine, what is it? 10 months having, you know, getting this, getting these babies ready. And then you have the baby and you're like, oh, it's over. You know, for some it's like that. And then they sort of get depressed afterwards, right? Because they didn't take the time in the middle to embrace all the moments that went with this. And so I think no matter whether you're running a marathon, climbing a mountain, going for your next business challenge, whatever you're doing, the message here is to take note of the stuff that's going on in, in between all the milestones that are happening, happening up until the big thing. Oh, a thousand percent. And I'll echo that with the standpoint of I was on the summit of Everest for 10 minutes. Right. I trained for that thing for like, you know what I'm saying? Like you look back and you're like, holy cow, I am so glad I enjoyed the entire process because that's a lot of time to commit for 10 minutes on the top of something. Right. And I mean, that's the metaphor that we all live by. Yeah. When it's funny that you say that, because I remember the other gal that we talked to that climbed Mount Everest. And this was way back when we first started this show. And I remember her talking about that, getting to the top and how it, you're up there for a very short period of time. You spend all your time climbing. But is that not how everything is? You spend all the time building for the last piece, but yet we put all the energy and the hope and then the, and the glimmer into that last moment of victory. Right. And so I think the message you're, you're, you're trying to relay here is awesome. And I hope our audience can take something away from this and uh, apply it to what they're trying to do, whatever challenge they're trying to overcome at this point. So um, a couple of fun questions I want to ask you, Jen, Uh, like just random. I love to do these every once in a while. And I think this will be fun with you just because you're, you're a fun person. So I would like to know, like, 
when you were on like climbing some of these mountains, tell us like, what is the food? Like, what do you guys do for food when you're doing this? Yes. So for, I mean, it's horrible, right? Like I eat gummy bears, like they're going out of style because believe it or not, gummy bears get hard and then you can put them in your mouth and then your mouth will warm them up and they'll get soft and chewy. And that just keeps moisture in your mouth because the higher you are, the drier it is. Right. You're in really dry environments. So gummy bears were a huge thing. Um, I worked with a company named Nutritional Fitness. Okay. So grateful for this company, not sponsored, but absolutely love them. I had gotten anthrax when I climbed K2 mm. the second time and wow. almost died. I know. Didn't die from climbing, died from the bacteria infection that I got. But um, And so we spent six months trying to rebuild my stomach back so that I had good bacteria working again. And when it was time to go on some of the expeditions, like, we are not letting you eat that terrible food that's freeze dried that you add water to. So they made me a whole bunch of meals that we rehydrated with water, gotcha. but they had like greens in them. So super grateful for that experience. But most of the time it's like ramen noodles and pretzels and M&Ms and gummy bears. You're eating like a college kid. <laughs> yeah, totally. A thousand percent. And the problem is, is your body gets used to it and you come back, you're like, wait, why can't I eat a thousand M&Ms anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a fun question. So is there any particular, maybe like either a book or a mentor that you feel like has been like a major influence on your but either your career or just your whole journey as a whole. Yeah. You know, I think all of us have so many mentors along right. the way. Um, I have Alan Arnett, who uh, is my coach and helped me go from Ama de Blom to Everest to the seven second summits and everything else. It's fun because he had been on all the mountains. And so when you meet somebody that's been somewhere that you're going, the amount of confidence that you can borrow from that person just as it's unfathomable. So anybody that's building anything significant, find somebody that's ahead of you on the journey and latch on because there's so much value to be gained. Yeah, I get it. Is there any big challenge or anything coming up that you're working on aside from doing your, your Mount Everest climb challenge that you're doing with your people, anything that you're like, look at, got your eye on? Yeah. You know, I gave myself a year before I committed to another goal. Um, I think we get so focused on the next yeah. that I really wanted to step back and just enjoy what is. So I'm making myself do that, which is hard for me yeah. because my natural tendency is next, next, next. Um, but I'm actually enjoying it, right? I'm kind of glad that I haven't. I've had a few opportunities show up. Some of them sound pretty exciting. I am going to take three of my boys climbing in Africa over February wow. break. So I'm pretty, we're going to volunteer over there and do a climb. And I'm excited about that. Oh, that sounds amazing. So fun. So fun. Okay. Yeah. One last fun question I want to ask you. Okay. This is just a random, I want to know, like, aside from the the gummy bears or whatever you had when you were in the climb in the mountain, because now you're back. What is your like one guilty pleasure food that you absolutely love? Oh, we have this family birthday cake. So it's a family recipe. Every birthday, it's the same cake and we get cake for breakfast. And okay. I have seven kids, so we have like a birthday every month, right? But you're just like, okay, whose birthday's next? I'm hungry for this cake, and I don't want to just bake it for the sake of baking it. We need a birthday. So, um, so I'm excited about the birthday cake. Awesome, awesome. Jen, well, you, this has been amazing. I'm excited about what you're doing. I want to tell you thank you so much for sharing on here, and I hope that you continue to do whatever you feel like you need to do because you're an inspiration, and I think that it's cool when we can see people like you that are doing amazing things and, and be, be an example for others out there. So if our audience wants to catch up with you, maybe they want to get the book, they want to follow you, they want to check out the podcast, where do we want to send them? 
Yes. So go to jendrummond.com. That's two N's in Jen. They'll have links to the book. It'll have all the challenges. It has all my social media handles. So whatever is your favorite platform, reach me there, say hello, let's connect. And thanks for sharing my time today. Absolutely. We'll make sure too, Jen, when this goes out, I'll make sure you get tagged and all the good stuff so that, and they know where to go to find you. You're not hard. I mean, we can look you up pretty easily. It's, it's amazing. We just have to go, Jen Drummond, there she is. She'll come right up. So this has been great. I want, again, I want to tell you, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy mom and you got all these things going on, but thank you for your time and sharing with our audience. We totally appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Absolutely. And to our audience, of course, we do want to say if you enjoy the show, please be sure you go check us out on Apple. Give us a review over there. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube so we can keep sharing all these amazing stories. And with that, I do want to say in order to live the extraordinary, you must start. And every start begins with a decision. You guys take care. Be safe. Be kind to one another. And we will see you next time.